great to be in your home church. That's why it's important to be in church every week. But it's great to get away and go to a meeting of people with like faith and hear men and women of God that, that sow and feed into your life that launch, launches you to the next level, amen, to the next place. And we were so blessed. It was, it was beyond, it was, I, I can honestly say it's one of the best, if not the best meeting we'd ever been in. It was just, the revelation was tremendous, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It was hard. The revelation was so rich that uh, sometimes I'd be sitting there in tears because I couldn't contain it. It was that good. And so it's for a reason, so that we could be fired up, so we could come back and fire you up. Amen? And we believe those same revelations will come forth. But as we, like he said, as we were praying, we, kept, we were praying in the spirit. We wanted to minister what God had for our church at this time. And we know there is a spirit of revival on this church. And um, I'm telling you, Easter's coming. You, you need to be thinking of every, that's such a great opportunity when a spirit of revival's on the church, when it, you know, it's, it gets easier for, for people to get saved. Get, eyes are being opened. The Holy Spirit's moving. And I'm telling you, with Easter coming, you want to reach out and invite anybody, your coworkers, your friends, your families, get them into this place on Easter Sunday. Amen? We're going to have a tremendous uh, uh, drama. Pastor Mike, do you want to say a little bit about that? Can you? I mean, it's not too soon, is it? Come on. Before I start preaching, we're um, so during the service. There's actually going to be a dramatic presentation, and the essence of it talks about the substitution, about the innocent giving their life for the guilty. And if you are spiritual in any way, you know that's what Jesus did for us. Amen. So we're going to show that through a dramatic presentation. Hopefully, open people's hearts, and so that when we come time to give the the altar call and we give that invitation for Jesus. All your friends, all your families, all your coworkers, all the hardest of hard that you bring to church this morning will be coming into the kingdom on Easter. Amen? So that's really our goal. It's going to be a really good service. It's going to be something that you will, uh, you'll regret if you didn't bring some people with you. Amen? So we encourage you to do this. this it's, Easter is a window of opportunity for the kingdom. Amen? So um, it's going to be a great service. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you as we look into your word today that you give us eyes that can see and ears that can hear. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are helping us to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you want revival? You want to see it manifested. You want to see people come running down the altars. You want to see that move of God in your home. Revival is a reviving of our hearts, an awakening. We're, we're looking for it all, and I'm telling you, it's close. You just take a look at the world today. The world is a little bit crazy. And, then I've, and, and, it's, and, and it's been crazier, uh, quicker than years past. You know, sometimes we see things happen, but it's just one thing after another. But the Lord, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you, if you want revival, okay, you have to have this. Because if you don't have this, if we're not walking in the love of God, I'm talking about God's love. And I know, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, some are going to shut their ears off to this. Tell them to open them again. 
Tell him to open them again. Because really, without us walking in the love of God, we won't see the revival. And honestly, we, we've been talking about legacy for all those weeks. And Pastor Mike uh, preached a great message last week, going to the next level, generosity, amen, <laughs> funding the kingdom. But also, when you are walking in love, you need to look at that as funding the kingdom, as supporting the kingdom, uh, that, that we want to see this move of God so much that we will sacrifice things and thoughts, amen, so that we walk in the love of God. Let's look at Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3. It's almost, I'm going to put out a challenge to you today because this is so, it's not just another message. This is vital to revival. It's vital. And so Psalm 133, 1 through 3 says this. It says, behold, and God is saying this, all right? He's saying this to us. He says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. To dwell together. How good and how pleasant. Look at verse 2. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. When we are dwelling together in unity and in love, there the Lord commands the blessing. When there's strife and discord, the Bible says there's every evil work. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in your home, whether it's on your job. Amen? Yeah. See, our job is to do, our, our place is to do what God has called us to do. It's, it, it is pleasant and is good. That word uh, dwell there li literally means unity. God says it's good, it's pleasant, it's a refreshing. It, it commands the blessing of God. It is the will of God, I believe, to dwell together and experience his best. Amen? And honestly, I've been there. You know, we've been there in relationships and, and people that we know. And, and when there's unity, it is just so good. But when strife starts to enter in and people have difference of, you know, you can have, uh, you can disagree about things and still agree for the sake of the gospel. And we can see so many, you know, the, the Bible, you know, when we, when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we say one nation under God. And we can see every evil work. We can see the enemy trying to divide the nation. You know, when, when I pray, I pray that. I pray that song. We are one nation under God because God created that to be. And, and even in churches, you know, from, from way back, you know, let's, let's split. Let's get denominations. Let's do this. This one's believing this. This one's whatever. Do you think that you, we're not going to be correct in everything, but we're doing our best to seek God. Amen? And, and, and every pastor is, I believe, doing their best to seek the Lord for what they know to do. Amen? So when the Apostle Paul, I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 1.10. In writing the, to the Corinthians believers, I believe as he wrote this, it was, it was heartfelt and necessary to the church at that time. And I believe it's heartfelt and necessary to the church at this time. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions. Say no divisions. 
no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. This is Paul's talking to people to be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. And in the Amplified, he says, he says, but I urge you, he said, to be in perfect harmony, to be perfectly united. In the message, I, I like the way he says it. He says, you must get along with each other. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? He, he is writing to the Christians and, and writing to the believers here. He's not writing to the world. And he's saying, you need to get along with each other. He said, I'm urging you. I'm pleading with you. And, and, and you know, we know, I'm not going to read the love chapter this morning, but we know it talks about believing the best of everyone. I, I know many of you have seen, um, you've seen these quotes like, uh, be kind, you never know what somebody's going through. But, sometime, but sometimes in the church, we think it's okay to say, well, you, you ought to know better. You're a Christian. That's not true. They might, but they struggle with it. We struggle in the church with things, don't we? Be kind to your brethren, for you don't know, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's on the other side of, of, of their frown or their situation. And we could say, well, we're supposed to walk in victory and act in victory, and, and everybody's doing their best, amen? Everybody's walking in that, and we walk in that by faith. But it's important, if, if it's important for, for, for God to write this through the Apostle Paul, He's saying we must get along. We must speak the, the same thing. There should be no divisions among us. You know, how many of you uh, believe that within a church there should be a getting along, right? There should be unity. There should be family. Listen, I grew up with six sisters, a brother, and a fo another foster brother, and my parents, and there was always somebody living with us. In our and we had one bathroom, and our house was always crazy, just crazy. I mean, knocked down, drag out, beat up, you know. Donna always asks me these stories when we got on the road trip. So how, how did four girls stay in one room? Because she's always had her own room, you know, so, you know, it's easy. I said they just did what I told them to do or I'd kill them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is my mom was, she was incredible. She would never let us hold grudges. She would, we, we'd go, bah, bah, ah. she, no, she would, she just had a way about her. And today, you know, our sister, we love getting together. We, I love getting together with my sisters and my brother-in-law. We just, we just still, to, and we still talk about the fear. If, if we would fight now that our mom, we'd probably get lightning from heaven. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So there can be differences in the body of Christ. But it's so important to the kingdom of God. There is power when you walk in the love of God. There are supernatural release when we are activating and walking in the love of God. And you know what? It's not always when everything's okay. Most of the time it's when not, things are not going so hot that you have to put that love into action, the love of God, the love that has compassion, the love that has mercy. Hebrews 10.25 says this. I like this. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming is, is drawing near. Well, I read that scripture because us coming together is important to God. Us being united, there's a cause and a reason why we're connected. There's purpose in it. 
When we come together, there, there, when, when the body of Christ comes together, there ought to be encouragement. There ought, to be, uh, there ought to be strength that we draw from one another. When we come together, there ought to be a help. When we come together, there ought to be a power that is released. Amen? There ought to be a power. When we come together in a unified cause and purpose, then certainly we can do more than if we're apart. Amen? And you know, the devil's always trying to draw people apart. He wants to put you in a seclusion. I, I, it, it, it's, I've, I've heard it said, so, oh, you know, I'd do fi fine up in a mountain somewhere in a cabin and everybody leave me alone, you know? But, but that's not God's will. God's plan for us to be tight as a body, so just like they were in the book of Acts, so we can see the power of God, so we can see revival. In Acts chapter 2, you know, Jesus, he's the head of the body, and he doesn't want the body scattered. Amen? It'd be pretty crazy if my arm was just kind of moving over there the way it does, you know? I'm preaching over here, but it's over there on the floor somewhere, you know? Or my head's rolling down the aisle or something like that. You know, God has called his body to be tight. He wants us united together as a church family, as a church body. Amen? There, where there's no factions or division. But in Acts chapter 2, we see that they were in one accord. They were in one place. And, and honestly, they were, you know, they were in one place geographically, but they were in one accord. They were of one mind spiritually. Amen? They came together. They were on the same sheet of music. Amen. I, uh, I, I didn't uh, copy this, but Donna said this yesterday in the car. We were kind of talking about this. And, and I really didn't want to go in this. I'm like, I, 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 you know, I, I want to preach on something else, you know. And, uh, but it was so funny. Last night, I, I, I just, yesterday, late, early evening, I just, I, I just said, I just need to listen to somebody and get fed. You know, I wasn't looking for a message or anything like that. It was still this message that was going on. And sure enough, I just pick a message out of somebody that's not even famous or anything, and it's on, it's on this. <laughs> and I said, well, God, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to do it. But I want to read you this. This is so funny. So I was talking to Donna about it, and she was really, she, she gets some good little nuggets. And she said, this is what you got to say. She said, we all get offended, and we all offend people, and if you think you don't, you really do. If you think you don't get offended, you really do. And if you think you don't offend somebody, you really do. And so we, it's not that we try to, but it's th that let's not hold on to the offense when offense comes our way because it will stop revival in its tracks. It, you know, there's scriptures in the Bible, it's, it says it's, it's harder to win a, a strong city, something like that. I can't remember the scripture than it, than it is to win. It's easier to win a strong city than it is to win somebody over that's been offended. Amen. But there was power in the book of Acts when they were of one mind. They were, on, they were in one accord. And I am telling you, God is wanting to do something so mighty. We can feel it. We, I'm telling you, it's just... There's just a spirit of revival, even in our home. It's just we, we can sense that God is doing something mighty. And if we'll all pull in and we'll all do, one person was happy about that. I like that. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Every once in a while, a pastor needs a clap or an amen, okay? You know, because, you know, then the devil's telling us, man, they can't wait to get out of here. No. <laughs> so then we got to preach it harder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we also look at the book of Acts. And Peter and John, they'd been threatened. Um, and let's see what happened when they were threatened. Let's look at Acts 4, 23 and 24. How many of you want revival? Say this with me. Love is vital to revival. Offense, we got to keep away. It is vital even when you are offended because you will be offended. Acts 4, 23 and 24. It says, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John found the other believers. They, they, they were arrested and, arrested and they were threatened. And in verse 23, it says, they, they, um, they found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. And they said, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 29, okay? This is part of their prayer. And it says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached God's message with boldness. Now, let me tell you, I'm sure some of them had differences. I'm sure they might have rubbed each other the wrong way at different times. You're just, you know, with Peter's temper, you know, tempers flare up. Things are said, you know, off the top of our, you know, tongue when we really don't mean it, but we just, you know, that's why it's important to control the tongue. The Bible talks about it can set a, a, a flame, set you on fire, amen, the wrong way <laughs> as well as the right way. But I'm sure that they, but when they were arrested, they could have even said, you know, I wouldn't have been arrested if you were there or this, or they could have blamed, or, or something could have been said. I'm sure there were things going on. But they were so consumed with what God wanted them to do. They were so consumed with getting this gospel out. They knew the world needed to be saved. They knew they had the power in them to see people set free and, man, they, they just went back to their company. You're our company. Amen? We're together, our company. And they begin to pray, and they just they put everything aside because now there was unity, there was strength. Amen? They were, they were not doing the, their, their old things. And, honestly, we need to fight to unite. We need that. We need to have that fight. So many people, you know, like, they're, they're, and I'm sure many of you, you know, like people have been in different churches in different places, but the minute you get mad, the minute something's not right, the minute oh, I'm, not, I'm not going there, I'm going here, I'm going there. And, and what happens is even they're, they're, I've seen families with kids that have gone from just place to place and there's no stability in their kids and their kids don't serve God and it just, it just rolls all the way down to the next generation. Fight to unite. When God sends you to a place, if this is your house, 
This is your home. You fight to unite with the body of Christ. You keep your family in church. It grows. We grow as a family. We love each other. We learn the little kids' names. We, we just, it's, it's a good thing, amen, for brethren to dwell in unity. It's a good thing. And so we have to, we have to fight. We're running, we're running our race together. And, and the strength you need, you have, I need. The strength I have, you, you need. Amen? And so we can't do it on our own. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, 25. And um, I'm not sure what translation. I have it here. Okay, I needed that translation. It says, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Whether it's your home or it's the house of God. We need to be united. We need each other, and we don't need to be loners. You know, people say, ah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to a connect group. I don't want to, you know. Honestly, that's when people get to know each other. That's when you bear one another's burdens. That's when you, you know, pray together. I mean, we are the body of Christ. It's so important. And so a lot of people, a lot of times there's not a victory in somebody's life where they say, I wish I could be more on fire. Or I wish I could be this. It's important. You need to know that the person sitting next to you is important to you. Amen? And it's important to God that is, that is a body of Christ that we stick together and we stick together tight. Amen? Jesus said this in the New Living Translation. He says, any kingdom at war with itself is doomed. A city or a home divided against itself is doomed. And so we don't want a house divided. Amen? And, and, and we may not be divided on doctrines or this or that, but sometimes it's just little things. Oh, Olivia, why did you wear that jacket today? You knew I was, I was going to wear black, so why would you do, you know? I mean, wait, wait, the, just the dumbest things. Or, or I was talking to Olivia, and she said this, and I couldn't believe she said this. And then we go and tell somebody else, and then before you know it, by the time it gets to the hundredth person, it's not even what Olivia said. You know, we have to, I'm bringing up little things, but we have to guard ourselves. Listen, I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember Pastor Ed and I were first married, we were married, we moved to Fresno, and we got involved in uh, Pastor Tom and Shelvia's church. It was a great church. They were having five services on Sunday, uh, five on Sunday morning, two on Sunday night, packed out on Wednesday night. It was in the midst of revival, and they asked Pastor to lead worship. They found out he can sing. I don't know. They met with us. I don't even know what happened, but he, anyhow, he was the worship leader. And he was leading one night. It was a Wednesday night. It was a packed house, and Pastor was leading... I don't know, I worship you, almighty, some slow, beautiful song, and everybody was in the, you know, flow, and pastor was leading, and the pastor comes over, and you got to know this pastor, he's, he's like over six feet, he was intimidating at times, he comes over, and he grabs Pastor, Mike, pastor Ed's uh, microphone, he goes, grabs it out of his hand, really abrupt, and he starts singing, this is the day. This from out. So I wish to. This is the day, and I'm sitting out there looking at my and I'm going oh, and then he hands the mic right back to him so that he has to continue singing. This is the day, going right from that worship song into that 
that fast, and I was looking at him, and you know what Pastor did? He did it. I, and on the way home, I thought he was going to say, I'm never, I'm never leaving worship here again. We're getting out of order. Never said a word. I said, didn't that bother you? Yeah, it bothered me. You know, we talked about it, but he was back there the next Sunday leading worship. You know, it didn't, it didn't, he didn't like leave over it. It was really bad. I, I just wish that we could, <laughs> honey, am I telling the truth? It was, it was not, especially when it's in front of many more people that are sitting here right now. Amen. And so, I don't know, where is I? I gotta get, I gotta get back to what, <laughs> what I was doing. But I wanted to share that, that he had an opportunity to walk in strife, to walk away, but he didn't. He stayed with it. And we built an awesome relationship with those pastors for years. And, and, uh, and relationships are important. Relationships are important in the church. Your husband and wife relationship, your children, all relationships are important. Hallelujah. So we need to fight for unity instead of being a part of the indifferences and the strife. Fighting to do a great work in the kingdom. Really, that's what it's all about. When you find yourself in strife or indifference or upset at somebody, you need to recognize, I'm stopping the move of God. Not only in my church, but in my life, in my family's life, in the children that I'm believing God for. I'm stopping. You've got to learn to say no to Satan, knowing that he has a plan to stop what God is doing. And the biggest part of that is strife. Listen, he got a third of heaven to believe. He knows how to cause division. He did it in heaven. Amen. He knows how to, he knows how to, to weave and to deceive. He makes it look so spiritual, and it's not because he is a deceiver. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Satan knows this. He knows this thought that a house that is united will stand. And he knows that a house that is divided will fall. And so he's, and, and the Bible says in the scripture that he is the accuser of the brethren. The brethren. So when we're accusing out of our mouth, we're actually acting like the enemy. We're actually, he would love to destroy from within. Because that's how the enemy works. He wants to divide husband and wife and father and son, mother and daughter, and so forth. And, and in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, I know I didn't give you guys that, but if you could, if you could catch that up, I would, I would love it. I don't know how quick you guys are on that stuff. But, um, but Satan will do whatever he can to divide because he knows the power of unity. He knows the power of a unified body, of a unified church. He knows the power of a unified home. Amen? He knows that. There's power. We saw it in the book of Acts when they came together. The place was shaken. How would you like this place to be shaken? And everyone, everyone was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Look at this. First Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, uh, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the, wor in the world. But that first scripture where it says be sober, one translation it says, well, well be vigilant is like a, cautious, a caution, but another one says be alert, be alert. 
if somebody comes to you, we're gonna have differences. Man, we're gonna, people, you know, Olivia's gonna go to Tavon and say, listen, I can't believe Nathan did this when we were driving on the road, and she texted me and said, I mean, don't do that. I'm not saying you guys did that. Maria's looking at me like, what happened? No, it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, hey, Olivia, you're just in the front row, so you're getting picked on this morning. But, um, but what I'm saying is that, you know, just don't, if the person's not in the room, don't let their name remove, be, to come out of your mouth. Go to the person. That's what Jesus said. And then if they don't receive, then you can get somebody to go with you. Amen? But don't, don't, bring, up, don't bring it up when the person's not in the room. We even do that as a couple. If we have a situation in the church as, as pastors, as husband and wife, we will, we, if, if it's something like if we get aggravated with you, maybe we got aggravated with Pastor Mike. We, we, <laughs> he aggravates me all the time. No, I'm just kidding. He's the best, honestly. You guys love him, right? We wouldn't trust our church with anybody else, this church. It's his church as well, your church. Um, but, like, we won't, we won't talk about, like, something like that. If, we talk, if, it's, if it's something that's bothering us, we don't talk evil of it. We'll pray over it. Because we don't ever want to get into... We, we recognize how the enemy can get husbands and wives talking about a situation. And it can get bad. It, re it really can. You have to watch your mouth. Amen? And know that everything you say, um, be careful because if you judge others, it's going to come on you. We should have the fear of the Lord in that. So we need to learn to control our tempers, our flare-ups, watch the words we say just because we don't agree with something. That, all of that stuff is the devil at work. I like this uh, quote, and it says, uh, Zig Ziglar said this, many marriages would be better if the husband and wife clearly understood that they are on the same side. The church would be better if the church would realize we're all on the same side. We're all on the same team. That means when you look good, I look good. When I look good, you look good. When I look bad, you look bad, amen? When you look bad, I look bad. Hallelujah. First Peter 3, 8 and 9 in the, in the, the um, Passion Translation. I'm going to read this. It says, now this is the goal, to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness toward other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. Never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, and they will. Things you, there'll be things that you feel so justified in. I don't care. He said, ah, I'm going to kill him, you know, whatever. We do that at home all the time. We don't, but we used to. But sometimes we do. I'll tell the truth. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm getting off that. Anyhow, never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, nor insult those who insult you, but instead respond by speaking, listen to this, a blessing over them. How powerful would that be? When somebody wrongs you, that you respond by speaking a blessing over them. 
How powerful, because a blessing is what God promised to give you. That's so powerful, having compassion, not returning evil for evil. Amen? Just sometimes pausing for a moment and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you because he can bring the word to you. He can bring the word to your remembrance that helps you. See, the love of God within you, um, it, 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 it will compel you. Amen? Because you've been shed abroad. Love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Um, just a couple more scriptures. Um, Romans 12, 18 says this. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, say depends on me. It says live peaceably with all men. Live peaceably with all men. You know, I, I know I can't make... Um, somebody get over something. I can't make everything right, and neither can you. We cannot make everybody's mistakes right, but we can live peaceably with everyone. We can do that. That means that that person that gets on your nerves, that person that, that has negative thoughts, you know, it, listen to me. If nothing ever comes against you and you say, I'm walking in love, I'm so, well, yeah, that's easy. But what about that person that offends you or doesn't show up when they said they would show up or, or maybe accuses you of offending them? That's where we got to walk in love. That's where we just have to say, Holy Spirit, help me to do this. Help me to do the right thing. Help me to, me, help me to keep the unity in the body of Christ that the blessing will be commanded upon us. And I got one more scripture. Okay, I want to read it in two translations, Translations, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. I'll read it in the New Living Translation first. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. I want to read that in the translation. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? It says, I want to read this, and, and the music team can get ready in the scripture as well, because I want you to really catch this. It says, you are always and dearly loved by, God, loved by God. You are always and dearly loved by God. What if, that, what if you could say that I, I am always and dearly loving my brethren? If you, you can say that to your brethren or your sister. Do you get what I'm saying? So robe yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen, every one of you in here, to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness to all, being gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. And love becomes 
the part, the love becomes the mark of true maturity. I mean, it really, and, and it, honestly, it, it, it says above all, in, in Colossians 3.14, it says above all things in the New King James Version, put on love above everything, above all things. Amen? And what is the love? Let me just close with this. L love is the bond. It's the sticky glue that is going to hold us together. It is the bond of perfection. Love is the sticky glue. Love will keep us together. And if you want revival, it can't happen without love. It can't happen. And every one of us have to step into that. Amen? Every single one of us. I want you to just bow your heads for just a moment. Did I uh, share something first? Oh, yeah. I was okay. Just, good. All right. Great. It goes along with that. Uh, and then you can close, honey. Uh, yeah. uh, I shared this a couple years ago, uh, but I thought it was really good. How many of you know who Joyce Myers is? This was a powerful testimony that she had uh, that God, you know, love is a choice. All right? It's not a feeling. And a lot of times we go by our feeling. And, uh, of course, Pastor Judy mentioned... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, but love never fails. It sums it up every action that's listed there. But she gave a testimony of this in, in talking about uh, I'm, many of you out there probably have been abused in some way or another. Uh, but her dad had raped her more than uh, 200 times, Joyce Myers' dad. And she could remember each time in details. And they never reconciled many, many years. But one day in prayer, the Lord told her uh, to buy a real nice house for her dad and her mom and move them to the city where she lived. And, of course, she didn't want to. How many of you know that sometimes we don't want to do that? Because why, Lord, you know? I mean, she was in the right. He was in the wrong. But she called him. She obeyed God. Say, she obeyed God and said, the Lord had told me to buy a house for you and mom and move you here. And the story goes that for four years, her dad never communicated with her, never said thank you for the house or anything else. But it came a time four years later that he called her up and said, would you come over? I want to talk to you. And when she came over, says he cried and said, I wasn't man enough to admit I have hurt you. I'm so sorry. I want the Jesus that you have. And she led him to the Lord and baptized him in water before. And, and she said this. She said, I'm so free. I'm so free by doing that. Hallelujah. See the power of love. And that can work in a marriage. That can work in, in our children, relationships, or whatever with parents. But we have to obey God. Because God will always lead us to forgive. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm glad you brought her up. You can stay up here if you're going to receive the offering. Um, because I did have a quote here. And I want to read this. She said, 
I have to get myself right with God first thing in the morning because if I don't, it's going to be a nightmare for the people I run into. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare for the people I talk to. It's going to be a nightmare for my family. It's going to be a nightmare when I go to the office. You don't want me in that office without spending time with the Lord and getting things right. And that's what's important about, you know, spending that time with God, getting, getting things right every day, being conscious of the love of God, being conscious of what, what God wants. Amen. And I challenge you. I mean, I'm telling you, the devil will be at your, for, your, your, your doorstep tempting you with this. Don't, you know, you need to recognize it. You need to listen to messages on love. And, and um, I, I forget who it was I heard say that they... They read a uh, Kenneth Hagin's book, and I don't know the title of it, Love, The Way to Victory. Right. And it was like 300 pages long, Aaron Hankins. Yeah. And, um, and he said he went through every page. He underlined everything. He did everything. He, you know, he, and, and he said, and when he got done, you know, he thought he got a lot of nuggets and stuff like that. And he said, and the Holy Spirit said to him, you need to read that book again. He said, this was no little book. You know, he said, you need to read that book again. That's, love is so important, and it's so key, amen, to the body of Christ. So let's, I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Hallelujah. And you're here today, and maybe there's situations in your life, and, you know, you just need to release them. You need to just let them go as, as I pray this morning for you. And I'm going to pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray over every person in this place, all of us, Father, if there is anything, if there is any strife in our heart, or if we have ought against someone, if we feel somebody has offended us, Lord, if we are, if we are Lord, offending love in any way, we ask you to show us. Because, Lord, you said in your word that you are love, and we want to walk in that love. And I pray for every person that, that, honestly, they'll have a breakthrough in this area, a breakthrough in their home, a breakthrough in their church, with their children, Father. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, let us have this breakthrough. And let this church be a love, be the bond that keeps us together, that sticks us together like glue. In Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning and you haven't received the Jesus that we're talking about, I want you to know he loves you and he has forgiven you of every sin you ever committed. And he wants you to receive that forgiveness this morning. And he wants you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you do that, the Bible says all your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. Amen. So let's pray that prayer right now. Just in case somebody's here and you've never received Jesus, this is your day. Listen, why continue? I just had, listen to me. And I feel by this, I know it's a little bit late, but by the Spirit of God to say this. I have, I have a, a cousin that is close to us that, that, that their family kind of grew up with us, but his son committed suicide a few years ago, and last week his other son committed suicide in his 30s. The devil is convincing people that there's no eternity, there's no sense of hanging around, there's no sense of, I have my personal, I have a nephew that committed suicide. 
I mean, people are losing hope. You need Jesus in your life because the devil's out to stomp you and to destroy you before you even get your life started. You need Jesus. And so I, I, I'm asking you, say this prayer with us this morning and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and know that he loves you and he's forgiven you and he did it for you. Everyone, let's say this. Let's bow our heads and say this prayer. If you've never received Jesus, say it with us. Heavenly Father, I come to you now and I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Jesus, Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, let one of us know. Go to the information table. They have a free gift. If you're a first-timer, we have a free gift for you. But we have free information that will help you on your journey with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I better turn this over to Pastor Ed. Love you guys. You love me back, right? I didn't offend any of you this morning, did I?